You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of Fulfillment, Part 10. Enjoy. Year of Fulfillment 2017. God has wholeness, prosperity, and fulfillment for you in this calendar year and the next one. (laughs) And the next one after that. And he wants you to be completely convinced of that. No doubt of what he has in store for you. God wants you to know his will beyond the shadow of a doubt. He wants you to be completely convinced of who he is, of what he's done for you in Christ, and of who you are right now in Christ. Can we put John 10.10 up there? The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, does the thief come in heaven? Of course not. This is his, his territory, earth, right? This is when he's trying to do as much as he can before Christ returns. So the thief doesn't come in heaven. Well, what about what Jesus said? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When does that come? In heaven or now? Now. Religion has put a delay in front of this and said Jesus was talking about heaven. No, he was not. There's no thief in heaven. You got to keep things in context. Didn't he just talk about the thief? Where is that at? Earth, right? Where is the abundant life he's talking about? It's here, right now, and it's available through simple faith. Isn't that great? We have a now God. We don't have a delayed sometime maybe God. We have a yes now God. And the yes now of Christ is in us. Put the New Living Translation up. This is what God has for you now. I know it's not preached enough, but it's true anyway. My purpose, this is Jesus talking, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You say, boy, I've been coming to Highway Church for a while now, and I hear this scripture a lot. I mean, why don't you move on to something else, to something better, to the more important things? I've tried, and I, I can't think of anything more important than the declared purpose of the Messiah. Can you? This is Messiah talking, and this is his declared purpose for your life. I don't know of anything more important than that. I don't know of anything deeper than that. What's the East translation say? I alone came in order that they might be possessing life. That's present tense, baby. That they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in super abundance. When? That's what it says, doesn't it? Do we know our verb tenses? Isn't that present tense, right? Might be possessing it. That's now. So we're possessing it right now. And we're not going to let anyone talk us out of it. Because the enemy will try. Sometimes things we've gone through, the enemy will use those to try and talk us out of this abundant life that Christ came to give us. But we're not listening. We're not listening to that snake in the garden. Uh Uh-uh. He's under our feet now. 
Hallelujah. So God wants you to be convinced. Faith is being convinced. And I say that because there's a religious idea of faith that isn't faith at all. It's this idea that faith is kind of like a nice wish. You know, it's like a la-di-da, twinkle, twinkle, little star, gee, I hope so, someday, maybe kind of a feeling. That's not Bible faith. Faith is a solid conviction. It's a certainty that's immovable. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. God wants you to be certain, to be sure, to be full of confidence, to be convinced. That's what faith is. That's what it is. Now faith is being sure. Anything less than that is not Bible faith. There's nothing I hope so about faith. Nothing. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain. I love how God talks. Certain of what we do not see. Why is that so important? I don't know how many times I've gone over this scripture in my life. Every time I read it, I get stronger. It's like push-ups. I don't know how many push-ups I've done in my life, but I keep doing them because I get stronger and stronger, right? So faith is being sure of what we hope for. So hope is a good thing, Bible hope, right? A vision for for seeing things that may not be seen yet. That's the Bible hope, right? And certain of what we do not see. Why is this so important? Because there's another realm. There's a spirit realm. And God's, what God has done for you is a spiritual reality. And faith takes what he's done for us in the spirit realm and brings it into this realm. That's the possessing life part. Faith is the only way for that to happen. And, and faith comes by hearing what you're hearing right now. Hearing what God has promised you. So faith is essential. This confidence is essential. And we want to we be filling our lives with his promises so that this faith is always operating in our hearts. Because we know that God's will doesn't automatically happen in the earth. That is a great misnomer that religion has preached for, for centuries. But it's not true. The Bible teaches us. Now think, think about this for a second. If God's will automatically happened like so many uh, ministers have preached over the years, then what what would the need be for faith? Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes when you step back from religion and just start using a little common sense, it's like, wow, this is so simple. So if God's will automatically happened, what do I need to do? What does it matter if I believe? There's There's no need to pray. Right? I don't need to read the scriptures. If, it, if God's will automatically happens, well, then let's live that way. Let's just whatever will be, will be. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't drive my car that way. Although if you roll with me, you might think I kind of do sometimes. <laughs> God's grace on my life when I drive. But <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If it was all automatic, then there's no need for any, any of that. We just do whatever, and God's will automatically happens, and that's it, right? In fact, I know of you know, several different ministries or churches that teach that it's not God's will 
to heal everybody. Speaking of faith, okay? And, and I just saw something recently online, one of those places that I know that teaches that, had a request for, for, to put out to their church members to pray for someone who was in the hospital who needed healing. But they don't believe that it's God's will to heal everybody. What are you standing on? How can you be sure and certain? You can't. That's, that's about as backwards as you can get. And I, again, there, the, I know, know what's taught is they, they te- if, you, if, you, if you're standing on healing for someone, they'll say, well, you know, it's just not always God's will to heal everybody. But let's pray for this person. That's kind of like, what's that big wheel on Bonanza in the saloon that they spin? And, and the a roulette, yeah, the roulette wheel. Yeah, you ever watch Bonanza? Yeah, in Virginia City. <laughs> Yeah, that's like playing, I don't know, some kind of game. Just spin the wheel. And if the ball lands on their number, it'll get healed. Look what 1 John says. That's the, there's nothing God about that. Listen, we love people, but we need Jesus. We need to be sure and certain. We don't need any of these religious ideas. This is the confidence. What? We have an approaching God. Uh-oh. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So what does this verse presuppose? That we know his will. So according to the Bible, prayer is all about knowing the will of God. That is so different than what religion teaches. It teaches the will of God you never really know, but we pray anyway just in case. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus wants you to know his will. To be sure and certain of his will. Why? So that you can experience his will. So this is the confidence that we have because we know his will, and that gives us confidence to pray. Specifically, directly, purposefully, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Look at the next verse. And if we know, not wonder, If we know, there's a certainty there. You see how certain faith is? We know that he hears us. What does that mean that he hears us? That it might or might not happen? No. Whatever we ask. Religion can't handle this. We know. There's now again. We K-N-O-W. We're certain. We're sure. We're confident. We're convinced that we have it. That's how he wants us to pray. How you doing? You got you to be careful what you allow into your mind. There's loving, wonderful people who, you know, who mean well but just don't understand. The will of the Lord is to heal you right now for the rest of your life. Always. Everywhere, all the time. How do I know? Jesus told me so. So God has given us, and you know, the more you're convinced of this, the more you experience it. Isn't that funny? Ha, ha, ha. Right? The more you're convinced, the more you experience the will of God. If you don't know, you might as well spin the wheel. Right? Might as well go on Wheel of Fortune. I always wanted to go on that show. 
but I can't get past the first vial, so I don't know. So God's given us his promises so that we can be completely convinced. Let's look at this again in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Yeah, just use a little common sense when you hear some of these things. If it's not God's will to heal everyone, then why am I praying for this person to be healed? I might be praying against the will of God, right? Why should anyone go to a hospital if it's not God's will to heal them? Then hospitals are against the will of God, right? Isn't that silly? If you just kind of play, like think these things out, you say, wait a minute, this isn't right. This doesn't make any sense in real life, right? Hallelujah. But as surely, boy, God, thank you for the way that you talk to us. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. We have a sure and certain message here at Highway Church. There's no no's here, just to the devil, right? No devil, right? No sickness, no depression, no disease, no sickness, no poverty, no lack, no confusion. As surely as God is faithful, this is our message. Yes, yes, yes. And notice God uses words like surely. Isaiah 53, 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our infirmities, right? Surely. Jesus said, verily, verily, many times, didn't he? Truly, truly, I say to you, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He'll do even greater things than these. Anyone know where that is in the Bible? John 14, 12. Truly, truly, surely. God even said, by myself I have sworn. Why does he talk like this? Because he wants you to be sure. He wants you to be convinced. He wants every doubt to be destroyed in your life. Hallelujah. So our message is yes because Jesus is yes. He's not a yes and no God. He's a yes God. Next verse. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by me, Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him, this is not a new thing, It's always been yes. It's always been yes. That's always been who Jesus is. Verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. See, Senor. Yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen, the so be it. It's a sure thing is spoken by us. To the glory of God, God loves it when we're sure. He loves it when we're bold and when we're confident and when we're free from discouragement and doubt and fear and worry. He loves it. He loves it. Hallelujah. Spoken by us to the glory of God. Verse 21, now it is God. This was God who did this, who made us and you stand firm in Christ. It was God who anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. Next verse, verse 22. And he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing his yes on our lives. 2 Corinthians 1.20 in the message says, Whatever God has promised, get stamped with the yes of Jesus. Boy, we are being encouraged by the Holy Spirit right now. Don't fall asleep. Hallelujah. God will lead you through his word and his spirit. That's how he'll lead you every time. Okay? So don't think, gee, I want something else other than the word. I'm telling you, in the beginning was the word. 
The Word was with God and the Word was God. Do you know where that's at? It's in the Bible. John chapter 1. Yes, God has magnified His Word even above His name, it says in Psalms. God's way of operating, He always sends His Word first. That's how He operates. Let there be light. His Word comes first. When you've got the Word and you've got the Spirit of God, you've got everything. All right? Hallelujah. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. Oh, man, I love that. Have you ever had to get something, uh, what's it called, uh, notified? What am I talking about? You go to a registry? Notarized. Yeah, notarized. That's right. Notified. Notarized. Yeah, and you get that stamp on there. It's like, check that off your list. Right? Well, God's promises were notarized. Right? Jesus is our notary. Right? Notarized that with the yes of Jesus. So anything that I need, I've got a big fat notary from Jesus, right? A notarization. Is that a word? I don't know. Yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray. See, we pray with this stamp of yes. Oh, man, the devil hates this. He doesn't want anybody to know what I'm telling you, that you've got the stamp of yes upon your life, and you pray with the stamp of God's yes. That means you've got it. That means you've got it. We pray the great amen. It's greater than anything in this world. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. Oh, I like that. Have you joined your yes with God's yes? If you haven't, start right now. Yes. Yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your ways. Yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my heart I agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. When you know the will of God, man, you want to say yes. There's nothing frightening about the will of God. Nothing. What's the will of God? Possessing life in abundance. Remember we looked at that woman who convinced herself? Last week, she convinced herself of God's yes in her life in Matthew chapter 9. How did she do it? By saying to herself over and over again, if I touch his garment, I'll be whole. If I touch his garment, I'll be whole. Now, we can read that in just a few minutes, but she was sick for 12 years, not a few minutes. That's a lot of time for discouragement to set in. If you've ever been through anything, right? That's a lot of time for doubt to plague you, for fears and worries and discouragement to set in, for strongholds to be built. For a different picture to be painted of your future. Twelve years of pain and suffering and spent everything she had to try and get well. Zero in your bank account. And it was all spent on trying to get well and nothing worked for 12 years. But she heard of Jesus. That he's the yes of God. And she believed it and she began to say it. If I touch the yes of God, 
I'll be healed. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. The yes of God. She confessed it enough that her conviction of God's yes became greater than her pain and suffering. The reality, the spiritual reality, she didn't see it physically. The spiritual reality of the healing that God provided for her became stronger inside of her than the physical pain and suffering she was experiencing and had been through for 12 years. When that happens, you've got it. So you, some will say, well, how do I know when? You'll know. And people stop short. In other words, you speak the word over and over in yourself until this big yes explodes inside of you. And don't stop until then. And I'm telling you, it won't happen because you hear a promise one time. You, we need to live on this stuff. That's why we're here at our church. We need to live on the promises of God, right? Life is not a second, right? It, it just it's a, it's a it's a moment after moment, day after day. We we have to live by faith. All right. So she confessed. She convinced herself, and her conviction became greater than the last twelve years of her life, better than all the money she had spent. Right? That's powerful. And that's what, what happened in my life in 96. I just stayed in this word. It took me about four to six months of meditating in the promises of God before the reality of the healing God provided for me began to manifest in my body. It just took time. I, I, I'm not saying it has to take that for you, but I'm just letting you know there's a progression. There's a, a, a need for intake a regular intake of the promises of God. And man, you can't, you can't mix it. You can't, you've got to keep that yes. And that's what's so uh, uh, debilitating about man's religious ideas. They'll come in and erase the S off the end of that yes, you know, and give you a yeah, maybe, right? No, we need a yes, Right? Yes, that's what, what we, the Jennifer will always say to the kids. They'll say, did you do that? And they'll say, yeah. She'll say, yes, because you can't hear yeah. Yak sounds like yakker. I don't know. What does it sound? We need a yes, right? Yes. And when you're feeding on the promises, the yes of God becomes crystal clear, okay? Religion doesn't have a yes for you. It has a maybe so if, Right? But God has yes for you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Woo, we love it. We love it. We've been looking at the knowledge of good and evil versus the knowledge of God because in the year of fulfillment that we're living, it's the knowledge of God that brings about the fulfillment of God in our lives. It's the knowledge of God that enables us to live the life of God, the life that God has for us. The knowledge of God consists of three things. You remember what it, what it does? Who He is, what He's done for us, and who we are in Christ, right? That's what we're learning. That's what we're growing in. We did it on Friday night at get-togethers. Boy, did we have a good time. We had a great time. 
So we know that the knowledge of good and evil is not something we want. It's not something we want to give way to in our lives. It's something that brings about and gives rise to doubts, fears, worry, wonderings, waverings. It's the wisdom of this world. It's, it's the wisdom of spirits of darkness. It's, uh, it's governed by the flesh. It has that famous song, I have to see it to believe it. That's the song of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, right? I've got, if I, I only believe it if I see it, right? And there's a major problem with that. We can't see with our physical eyes into the spirit realm. And what God has, God is a spirit. I've never seen him with these eyes. I've seen evidence of him, <laughs> but I've never physically seen his face. But I know him. And that the evidence of him, faith is evidence, isn't it? It's evidence of him. So don't buy into that. I have to see it to believe it. That's the seeing is not believing. You ever watched a good magician? How do they do that? Well, they didn't really do it. It's a trick. But it sure looked like they did it, right? So this knowledge of good and evil will take you down that path. Well, they've got to prove it to me. I've got to see it. I've got to see it to believe it. Well, I've not experienced it, so it's not true. I prayed for so-and-so and nothing happened, so it must not have been God's will. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Don't believe that. Listen, if you haven't experienced the will of God in a particular area, stay with the promises of God. All of us have been through things that weren't the will of God. We've all experienced darkness in our lives. That's just, it was part of, you know, and we thank God we're hearing messages like we're hearing now so we can stop that in our lives, right? So there are times in my life I didn't experience what God promised me, but I didn't quit on God and say, okay, well, then I'm going to change what I believe. I said, okay, God, show me, help me, help me to apply the reality of this in my daily life. Help me, Father, strengthen me, encourage me, impart your wisdom to me. Help me grab a hold of what you've done for me in Christ. Don't quit. Yeah. So the knowledge of God is very different. It doesn't come by seeing. It comes by believing. All right? Let's go back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. We're not done there. We need some more food. So this knowledge of God doesn't say, I believe it if I see it. It says, I believe it because he said it. It's a different song. I think it's my favorite song now. I believe it because he said it. What's that one you written? Whatever Jesus says, I believe. That's going to be on next album, huh? That'd be good. I like that. Whatever Jesus says, I believe. Hallelujah. Can you sing it a little bit for us? Go ahead. I believe. I like that. That's nice. I like that. That's it right there. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Put the New King James up there. Faith is the substance. Oh, man. I had a, a McDonald's cheeseburger the other day. It was a cheeseburger in name only. I'm not slamming McDonald's. I'm loving it. I'm not really loving it. But uh, it, it tasted more like cardboard than it did a cheeseburger. But God has substance for you. 
<laughs> Woo! No cardboard cheeseburgers in God's kingdom. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. If you need some evidence, believe in God's promises. All the evidence you need to be whole is what he said. Isn't that wonderful? I don't need to climb a high mountain. I don't need to cross some treacherous desert. I don't need to go to a faraway land. I just need to believe what he said. How about the HCSB, the Holman Christian Standard Bible? Now faith is the reality. Ah, I like that. It's the reality of what is hoped for. The proof of what is not seen. Amplified. Now faith is the assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. That's the next line. Salvation. Purchase of God, born of His Spirit, lost in His love. I just wrote that one right now. You like that? That was good. Now, is that a hymn? That's a great one, isn't it? Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Woo! We own this thing, don't we? We've got the deed on every promise of the things that we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. This is a good kind of conviction, right? This is not the kind of conviction that puts you in jail. This is the kind of conviction that gets you out of jail, right? That sets you free. The conviction of their reality. I'm convinced of it. I'm fully persuaded. Faith Perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's the most frustrating thing, I know it was for me, to try and receive God's promises based on my senses. Oh, that was frustrating. You pray and then you look for it. Was it there yet? Okay, keep praying some more. I don't feel it yet. Okay, keep praying some more. And boy, you get tired and frustrated like that. I've been praying, I've been speaking the word. That's the flesh talking. Faith doesn't talk that way. Faith never complains. It doesn't. Faith never gets tired. It's the reality of this abundant life. It's the possessing of this abundant life. So you'll know when faith is activating your life because there's a confidence, there's a boldness there, there's no complaining there, there's no why didn't this happen. I've heard that so much over the years. I've had those thoughts over the years. But faith doesn't ask that. Faith is sure and certain. Right? If I'm asking why didn't this or that's not, be, I'm not sure then, right? I'm not trying to put, I'm, I'm there with you, right? I've been through that. We're not putting anyone down. We're just talking about what real faith is. Oh, glory to God. I mean, I remember our first child, you know, back in 98, and, and we got a hold of a book, a great book called Supernatural Childbirth by, is it uh, Jack, Jackie Mize? 
Great book. I highly recommend it. It's just a great book on faith. But there was a woman who I tried, you know, she, she went through, I don't know how many challenges she went through, but, you know, was told she could never have children and, and you know, basically given the big fat no on the whole deal. And then somewhere she got, started hearing the gospel preached. I don't know if it was through Kenneth Copeland's ministry or whose ministry. And she started going having a hold of these problems with her husband. And then they started realizing, wait, not only am I going to have a baby, but I'm going to do it supernaturally. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any trouble, any issues during my pregnancy. I'm not going to need any, any anesthesia uh, during the delivery. I'm going, to, I'm going to have a pain-free pregnancy and delivery. And, you know, I, I knew that in my heart before I ever read the book by studying the Scriptures, that pregnancy does not need to be the way that people say it is, or some people, not everybody. Right? And so that, that, that registered with me when I started reading this book. That's right. That's right. Yeah, God's provided strength for women to have children. Right? Amen. We're free from the curse. Amen. Children are not a burden. Okay? So we decided, you know what? That's us. We're going to have a, a trouble-free pregnancy and, and a trouble-free delivery, a natural delivery, supernatural delivery. Right? And uh, so we were going along there, and, and, uh, and Jennifer was probably, what, eight months when that Doctor said you need to have a C-section. Yeah, it's toward, yeah, so it was close to the, the end of the uh, term. And this doctor, uh, you know, was, was examining her, and he said, no, you've got to have a C-section right now. But we had already made up our mind. We're not, no, I'm not putting that down. You know, if, if someone decides to do that, then that's fine. But we, just, we had already made up our mind, no, this baby's coming naturally. So she came home and told me what he said, and I said, well, 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 that's not what's happening in our lives. So I put my hand on little Mariah at the time in, in Jennifer's belly, and I said, baby, turn around, because it wasn't in the right position. I said, get in position. Turn around. And what Jennifer say? Children, obey your parents and the Lord. That's right. <laughs> so that, that baby turned around. Yeah, and we never had the C-section, see? And, and, uh, and we came to the time when Jennifer, uh, it was uh, probably about three or four weeks later, when uh, Mariah decided to show up, right? And uh, we walked into the hospital, we're laughing, you know, and Jennifer walks up to the counter and said, we're ready. This time they looked at her like she was drunk. They said, oh, you're not ready to have a baby. And she says, yes, it's time. And so they took her in an exam and they said, you're ready to have a baby, <laughs> you know? But there was no stress on our face. There was joy and peace. How did that come? By doing what that woman did in Matthew 9. Speaking the word over and over again. Not letting fear, discouragement, worry have any place in our lives. I'm, I'm saying things today I did not plan on saying. <laughs> things are coming out that I did not. So I, when you come, be ready to receive from the Holy Spirit. Okay? I just, just, God will speak to you. I'm not God, right? We're his children. We're his sons and daughters. But the Holy Spirit will speak to you when you come. So, so come ready to hear. Come expecting life-changing promises to manifest in you. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. So this precious word, John 6, 63, it lifts us up above the waves. It takes us into the spirit realm. It's not spooky. The spirit realm is not weird. Demons are weird. Satan is weird and dark. 
but the spirit realm is not. God is a spirit. So Jesus said, it's the spirit that gives life. That's what quickeneth means. The flesh profits nothing. There's nothing in this natural realm for us. It's the spiritual things we want. It's the spirit realm where the life and power is. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You know, I read that book twice, by the way, and I'm a man. I'll never get pregnant. You know why I read that book twice? Because it built my faith. That woman talked about the, the tough things she went through. And when she got a hold of the Word of God, she was riding motorcycles until the day she delivered, I believe. When you get a hold of this thing, it's powerful. Fear goes and life sets in. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, if you'll believe me, my words will take you into a different realm of living. That's what faith and that's what the knowledge of God does. It takes us beyond this realm of the senses where all the whining and complaining and fear and worry are into this realm of life and joy and peace and strength and confidence and love and joy and wisdom. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. We are letting the Holy Spirit lead us. Oh, look how he talks. Have faith in God. I love that. Be sure and certain and convinced of every promise is what he's saying right here. The, the, the Greek says have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. I like how the message says it says embrace this God life. Live differently than the world lives. Come up higher and walk with God. Have faith in God. Next verse, I tell you the truth. Why does he say that? He wants you to be convinced. Surely as God is faithful, truly, truly I say to you, by myself have I sworn. Why does he speak that way? Is he trying to convince himself? <laughs> no, of course not. He's trying to convince you. He wants you to be convinced. Remember, if you're still wondering why or asking why, you're just not convinced yet. Right? I remember someone asked Louis Armstrong something about jazz. Louis Armstrong was a legendary jazz trumpet player. And what they ask him, something like, what is jazz music? And he said, well, if you, have, if you have to ask, I guess you'll never know. <laughs> but it's like that with faith. Faith just knows. And if you don't know, keep, it, keep, keep speaking the promises till you get to that place when you know. And, and when you're there, questions are gone. You know. Right? Old Satchmo. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, so who is this available to? Anyone? Does that include people in Asia? What about the Middle East? What about Europe? What about Africa? What about New Zealand? Australia? What about South America? Central America? North America? Yeah, pretty much. What did I forget? Antarctica. Right? Yeah, anyway, everybody, right? Anyone who says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. Have you ever said that to something in your life? There's some things that need to get out of your life and go throw themselves into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. You want to grow strong in faith, eat this thing up. Now, look at this next verse. I love this. Therefore, I tell you, whatever... You ask for in prayer. 
Here it is. Here's faith. Believe that you have received it. Is that present tense or past tense? If you know conjugation of verbs, right? Have, right? You have received. That's got an ed on the end of it, right? Means that you've already got it. But look at the next part. And it will be yours. Is that past, present, or future? Future. This is a different way of living. I believe that I have it even though I can't see it or feel it. What's that? What's that? Yeah, yeah. Well, faith opens it up. <laughs> faith opens it up. Faith sees it. Yeah, that's good. But it, it's, it's you're so I'm believing I have it and it will be mine. In other words, there's a passing of time. There could be a moment, you know. But I'm not saying, oh, when's this going to happen? Because I've got it. And I carry that with me knowing it's mine. I'm not praying for God to do anything. I've got it, right? Prayer is not about asking God to do anything. Prayer is about you becoming convinced that he's already done it. Ha! Yeah! Yeah! Someone write that down. I don't know what I just said. It was good. Yeah, isn't that true? Religion teaches prayer is all about you trying to convince God. No, prayer is about God trying to convince you. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? How are we doing? We all right? Well, so let's do this. We'll do this. We said the knowledge of God is about who he is what he's done for us, and who we are in Christ. We did this on Friday night. Let's do it some more. So let's look at some promises, some scriptures that build our faith in who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. Okay? So let's start with who he is, who God is. Because we want to be convinced people. Right? Because, of course, Satan doesn't want you to be convinced of who he is. So because... Now, remember, our, our, our foundation for everything we do is intimacy. We want to know him more, right? That's why we're living. The meaning of life is knowing him and, and growing more intimate with him, okay? So who is God? Well, you can ask 100 people and get 100 different answers, right? But thank God that he has revealed himself. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. This is the knowledge of God, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways. So we know the prophets, right? Back in the Old Testament, Moses was a prophet, wasn't he? Right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, a number of prophets in the Old Testament that God spoke through. But in these last days, verse 2, he's spoken to us through someone different who was more than a prophet. It was his son. <laughs> whom he appointed heir of all things. He was the one the prophets were telling us about, right? And now he came. And through him also he made the world. Wow. Verse 3, this, this one that God has spoken to us through, who is he? Jesus, right? He's the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact representation of God's nature. There's no deviation in the nature of Jesus and the nature of God. Have you ever made a copy on a copy machine and it's close, but it's just a little blurry? 
not Jesus. He's not blurry at all. He perfectly represented, he exactly represented the nature of God. Did he ever tell anyone it might not be God's will to heal you? Never. So what do we know now? That's not from him, that kind of thinking. Right? What, how did he answer when people came to, to be healed from? If it's your will, you can make me whole. I will be clean. Remember Matthew chapter 8, the leper? Right? And then the, there was it the centurion who was next, my servants lying at hope, and I will come and heal him. He revealed his will to us. Right? It's crystal clear now. So knowing Jesus is who God is. So now I know who God is. It's Jesus. Right? Isn't that great? I don't have to search anymore for some special person or some new prophet or some new idea. Jesus is it. He's God, right? So we found the answer. Go to uh, John uh, chapter 14. Well, actually, Colossians 1.15. Yeah, this is great. Jesus again. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. <laughs> We're talking about who God is, right? My search is over. Isn't that great? Have you ever lost something and when you find it, it's, it's so rewarding, right? Well, I was lost. I was so glad when Jesus opened my eyes. What a rewarding feeling, feeling to know that the search is over. I found God. Well, he found me, right? He's the image of the invisible God. This is who God is. What did Jesus say about himself in John 14, starting verse 6? This is amazing. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. You don't need to look any further. And you'll notice uh, that he specifically said the, right? And not a. Imagine if he would have said, I am a way and a truth and a life. That would open the door, wouldn't it? In other words, I'm one of several. He didn't say that though, did he? He was very certain, very clear. I'm the way, right? If, 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 if I'm in a... Uh, in a, a situation that there's danger, I want to know the way out. I don't want to have to figure it out. I don't want a hundred options. I want to get out. I don't want to have to try this and find out it's locked and try that and find out it's a dead end. I want to know the way. This is a good thing, not a bad thing, right? God made it simple for you to be whole. He gave you the way. We're talking about who God is. This is the knowledge of God. Are you following me? Let's keep reading. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him, and you've seen him. <laughs> Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. He wasn't quite getting it, was he? Are you getting it? Verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you, and yet you've not come to know me? Wait, Philip was talking about the Father, and Jesus is talking about himself. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Who God is, is Jesus. Right? You seeing that? How about what he's done for us? And we can go on all day with these scriptures. I, I, you know, I've got pages of them, but I guess we have to end sometime, don't we? Right? What he's done for us. Let's go to Romans 8, 31. So who God is, there's great scriptures to look at and meditate on to know who God is. Because obviously there's a lot of different opinions on that in the world, right? 
I'm not interested in anyone believing like I believe. I'm interested in people believing in Jesus. Not because it's my religion or my culture or my upbringing. It wasn't. It's because he's the way, right? This is not a political thing. It's not a religious thing. It's not a cultural thing. It's about who God is, right? It's about the one who made us. So don't get caught up in all the noise and fighting and arguing. We're not like that. We know who he is. So love is in our hearts, right? So what then should we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Verse 32, this is what he's done for us now. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. So what did he do for us? He gave up his son, right? That's everything he had. Because he did that, now we know that he will not, all, how, not how will he not also with him freely give us all things? That, that will put a confidence in you like nothing else. There are times in my life where I'd be asking God for things, and I'd kind of feel like maybe I shouldn't be, like, well. And God would remind me, wait a minute, I gave you my son. Why do you think what you're asking me for is greater than what I've already given you? If I already gave you my son, of course I want to give you that. Right? Sure. Why would we think that a new car is greater than what God has already given us? Of course he wants you to have a new car. Many of them. Why would I think a new home is greater than what God's already given us? He wants you to have many of them. He does. Hallelujah. Didn't Jesus say that when I think Peter said, Lord, we've left everything and follow you. What shall we receive? Right? Did he say that? He said, brothers, sisters, mothers, family, uh, homes a hundred times as much in this life and the one to come. Right? How about that? A hundred homes. Are you ready for that? Woo-wee. What would the heat bill be for like a hundred? I guess if they're all in Jamaica, you wouldn't have to worry about it, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's see. Let's look at a couple more here, and then we'll wind it up. We're just cooking. We're just, we're just filling ourselves up. Hallelujah. Well, we're okay. So I'll just, what I do, I just listen to the Holy Spirit, and we're endeavoring to follow him, okay? We're endeavoring to follow him. We've got time. John 3, 16. So why are you going to go over that one again? That's, everyone knows that scripture because it, it's life unto us. Right? It builds strength and life and confidence in us. Because I was going to skip, so I was say, oh, that's what I thought. I was looking down through my scriptures, and oh, everybody knows that one. He says, well, read that one then. So that's not the right kind of way to think, right? <laughs> and you can know, it, that's, the, that's the, the flesh. When you hear a scripture and say, well, I already know that. Tell me something else. Your spirit never says that to the Word of God. Never. Never. It's, it, it just... <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I, that's, what, that's what I do when Jennifer makes dinner. I sit down and I, right? That's what we do when we hear the word. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Man, that's a life changer right there. That's Romans 8.32, isn't it? That whoever, there it is again. There's that person in Asia again. Antarctica. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And this next verse. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world. I'll say it again, so we don't either. Right? We don't walk around judging people. 
looking down on them for the things they do or don't do. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't do it. We're sure not going to do it, right? We're not going to elevate ourselves above him like we know better than he did. But that the world might, boy, boy, would there'd be a lot more people in church if, if believers would stop judging. A lot more. A lot more. A lot of people would have, would have skipped hell if believers would have stopped judging. But that the world might be saved through him. Next time you're out doing your errands, grab a hold of this. Say, I can't wait to go into Aldi's or Hannaford's. Because, man, I've got this new attitude. I'm not judging anybody. I'm loving people. I'm going to smile at them and tell you, tell I'm glad to see you. Thank you for helping me today. Thank you for ringing up my groceries. Thank you for putting those groceries in my bag. Right? That changes people. It's a different way of living. Hallelujah. Matthew 8, 17, what he's done for us, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. We'll read two more of who we are in Christ. I have a, a lot more, but don't have time. So we've got who, what he's done for us. We started with who God is. These are some scriptures on what he's done for us and who we are in Christ. Let's do a couple of those. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone, there's that family in Antarctica again, right? If anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. So if you ever go to Antarctica, you've got a message for them, don't you? Right? There's a new life available. He's, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There's you and Hannaford's. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. So we don't. Right? Right? Come on. We don't count people's sins against them. Who are we anyway? We were all lost, right? We all fell short of the glory of God. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You just got to bear with me. You know why so many people don't want to come to church? Because the, the church has to them a place where sins are counted. Never meant to be that way. Not here. Don't you do it. Someone walks in these doors, they better, they better be loved. With the love of Jesus, I don't care if they come in here and spit in your face. You give them a big hug and say, glad you're here, right? The only fight we do is a fight, a good fight of faith, right? We don't fight with people. We love them. Hallelujah. This is a Jesus morning, isn't it? We don't count men's sins against them. God, our Father, doesn't. He's committed to you a message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, who we are in Christ. There it is. You're Christ's ambassador, as though God was making his appeal through you. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. All right, we're going we're to have to wind this up. Thank you, Father, this morning for who you are. This has been wonderful. You have been strengthening us. Our faith has grown this morning. We've become stronger because of your word and your spirit operating in this place this morning. We thank you for the things that you've said. 
for the ways you've encouraged us, for taking us higher. We're going all the way. We're not looking back. We refuse to lose. Father, I pray for everyone here. Holy Spirit, during our time as we bring this time together to a close, encourage, impart things even now, seal things inside of hearts. Let, let, let confidence be cemented, be sealed, be firm in every heart. Not only here, but those who hear this message online. Thank you for building convinced people. People who are sure and certain and full of joy and love. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.